The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save. And save and win. Sports Today proudly presents the Chuck Oliver Show. It's an inside look at everything college football. Now live from Atlanta, Georgia, it's time to talk college football with the reigning king of college football, Chuck Oliver, on Southern Sports Today. A major college football headline. It's getting the serious attention it deserves. Almost. Chuck Oliver Show on Thursday. Man, I hate to start the show with any sort of off-field you know, conversation, but there's humans on the move, and that's been amplified times 15 over the past couple of years. I say humans, it's not just the transfer portal for kids. Remember when it used to be the coach can leave anytime he wants? The players should be able to. Well, they do. And now the pendulum, it's like that thing I talked about. I don't know what this is called. It's on like the executive's desk where you've got like 10 still balls and like only the two end moves, you know. One end of those is the players, and then at the other end is the coaches, and they're both portaling out. If you have not seen, fairly successful guy in a very tough situation. Boston College head coach Jeff Halfley has left his job to accept a position as D.C. for the Green Bay Packers. He's in the NFL versus college. Not talking about a coordinator. We had started marveling about this a few years back when it was the Missouri D.C. who left to go coach corners for the Carolina Panthers. And I rightly so said, whoa, wait a minute. You're a coordinator in the Southeastern Conference. And he's like, yeah, out, done. And so it started with coordinators because here's the thing. The contract, and then it went down to position coaches. Because the money at those spots, given the additional duties and the sapping of so much, whatever time was left, the sapping of time from coaches. We started to see the lower paid ranks in college. Really good coaches. Is there anything I can do in the NFL to get away from this? And now it's affecting head coaches. It has gotten to head coaches in Power 5 football that are looking at name, image, likeness, transfer portal, recruiting your own roster, etc., and going, palms up, I'm out. Now, when I say there's a college football headline is getting the serious attention it deserves, almost, almost it is. It's BC's head coach, Jeff Halfley. He's leaving. So there's still some arm's length, quizzical looks towards it. 
the realization I'm hearing that, well, it will soon be a program we do care about. Folks, Michigan's coach, Alabama's coach, already went out, done, finished, gone. Because there were other details we could pile on, well, Jim Harbaugh, he's the head coach of the San Diego Chargers now. Bill Belichick, I heard, was making $20 million a year to be head coach of the Patriots. If Jim Harbaugh is up to, I don't know what he's getting. Hey, was there speculation about Harbaugh's contract with the Chargers? They're notoriously cheap, but I had heard that they were actually coming off the wallet for like $15 million a year. Yeah, that seems to be the gist of it. They okay. definitely spent a lot. Michigan reportedly got to 12.5, and they still beat them by several million. And there's also no NCAA. There's no open investigation about stealing signs or crouton violate. There's none of that. And I don't know. He signed a free agent guard for uh, the Chargers. He can't report to camp three weeks later, say, "Now nah, I like playing for the Giants, actually. I'm going to go back home. He can't do that. You can't draft a guy, and then you're not going to show up at work and like, no, he's our player. No, actually, he's going to play for the Dolphins, he decided. No, 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 he's our player. No, he's not. You don't have to have s'mores and story time with the 53-man roster. So because of the money, and we were looking at the investigations, the investigations, he was RoboCop, all right? He was Jacob Hester against Florida that night. It was bang, bang, boom, 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 bouncing off of him. NCAA investigation over sign stealing? When was the last time you heard anything about that? He wasn't driven away by any of that. The money? Now, that's nice. He already had money. Do you know what Jim Harbaugh was running to? It wasn't just Justin Herbert. He was going to take a NFL head coaching job. All right, which one's got the better quarterback? He was always leaving. And it wasn't to get away from the posse. He was leaving to get away from college football, and and in part, in part, I think he also would like to get a Super Bowl specifically. Is it Rita Moreno and like three other people that have all four of the Emmy, Grammy, Tony, and Academy? Um, Like maybe Jim Harbaugh is going for some sort of trifecta of, I don't know. But now I have to have a Super Bowl trophy, maybe. He also doesn't have to recruit. And I don't mean just high school kids or transfers from Arizona or his own roster. Doesn't have to do it. Does not have to do it. And so when the Michigan coach leaves and it's Jim Harbaugh and he was a first-round pick himself and he played quarterback and he was an NFL coach already and so much success and more money, we get distracted by all that. That's not really why he's leaving. Not all of it. Nick Saban, we got distracted by 72. Oh, he's 72. All right, what about Jeff Halfley? He's not. Jeff Halfley has NFL in his background. Jeff Halfley has Ohio State in his college in his background. Jeff Halfley had some sort of success at BC. Where are you listening right now? All right. 
Think of a very upscale – Heath, have you ever been around the Boston College Stadium for any reason in the world? Have you ever been around there? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I went out there one time, not during a game, just to check it out. Just uh, rode to the end of the beeline there on the uh, on the tee. Okay. Um, if you've been to, a, like, a major city and you know, like, the really Tony upscale area where – you know, you might have a front yard the size of a postage stamp, but you actually have a landscaping company come out and tend to it. Um, imagine you're on that street, and then all of a sudden, there's a college football stadium with seven parking spaces, and then you're back to these houses again. Like, that's where he's coaching at Boston College, and he kind of won and had some success. Uh, he's done. And because I say it's because it's the Boston College coach, I want to stop there. For BC and Jeff Halfley, sometimes there are really good marriages, and I'm not putting the cap on Jeff Halfley at all. I'm saying when I when I say he's had some success there, like he's been, they were good for him. He's been really good for them, and I've been really impressed on a couple of fronts. One of them, and I hate to go all the way back to this, um, Jeff Halfley. If you want to know what kind of coach he is, and this is the whole this is the whole thing about about coaching, about being a successful um, head football coach, do the exact same thing, the exact same way, same time, same location, all of this stuff, so that the kids don't even think about it. It's just like muscle memory. Something fires a gray matter, a synapse. And your body, it just recognizes the tight end just split out. And so I'm now stepped to the defense, uh, to the uh, line of scrimmage. Like some, it just happens. You don't think about it. Jeff Halfley, you talk about organization and buy-in. Go back to COVID. Do you remember June 1st, 2020, the significance of that? That was the day that campuses for athletes opened back up. And in staggered amounts, they started bringing kids back, and they had all kinds of programs, uh, uh, protocols in place. And it was, I think, the University of Houston. They came back on June 1st, and like June 2nd, they had a failed test, and then Marshall had some failed tests, and then all of a sudden, we were off and running with failed tests. BC welcomed their players back on June 1st. Played 11 regular season games. 7,700-plus COVID test, never had one failed test. And the story came out because team, I mean, excuse me, bowls were desperate for, for bowl teams. Who was eligible? No, actually, who had enough players, actually? Let's put the records aside. Well, BC had players and the record. Their players voted, we're exhausted. Can we pass on the bowl? And Jeff Halfley was like, absolutely. You, can. you did everything you were asked. Everything that was asked of them by Jeff Halfley and his staff. Organization, buy-in, trust, production. He had a stinker last year. He's been there four seasons, and it's the only one, and it's BC. He's a really outstanding football coach, and he's gone now. So that's the first part. Does this hurt? Oh, absolutely this hurts. But... This thing about, oh, it's going to be a program we all do care about. Jeff Halfley is, this is the combination now, and we're, we're, we're kind of narrowing this out now. It used to just be, oh, it's position coaches. Well, my gosh, there's eight position coaches on every staff, plus two, and then there's coordinators. There's two of those. 
Then it got to be head coaches, but we're kind of distracted by it. Now it's all of this stuff, folks. The curtains are wide open. It's a power five head coach that is young enough to stay there and didn't leave to be head coach of the Chargers with a quarterback. When there's nothing to be distracted about. And if there was, a source told ESPN, quote, he wants to go coach football again in a league that is about football. College coaching has become fundraising, name, image, likeness, and recruiting your own team and transfers. There's no time to coach football. A lot of things that he went back to college for have disappeared. Well, there you go. So it's already happened, but we got distracted by some of the accoutrements. There's no distraction here. He, he's at the end of the table in the coaches' meeting, not the side of it. He's at the end of the table. And he was like, somebody else can have the whistle. I'm off. This does matter, folks. And I've talked about this before. Coaching, it is paramount in this game. A lot more than, I mean, you still got to have the players and all, but organization and buy-in and grab the rope and pull the same way the motivation and the belief is like the plays will work with in almost every case the plays will work um it's all that other stuff and they had it with jeff halfley and now they have to go find somebody that has it best they can do really is draw even so this is here and it's here to stay and name image likeness is a huge 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 part of this uh, it is driving away really qualified coaches, and now it's head coaches at Power 5. All right, uh, we're going to take a break and jump into this next. Now back to Southern Sports Today and the Chuck Oliver Show. Thursday on Chuck Oliver Show, and we're going to be talking college football all day because that is what we do. Guests coming up about 15 minutes from now. Senior college sports writer, Outkick, that's a Fox thing, Trey Wallace. We've had Trey on before. Good stuff. Got to talk a little Auburn in an hour or two. DJ Durkin, okay, my threshold has been met. I need to hear from the human or the, the institute, the entity, the big giant corporation, which is an NFL team or the college or whatever, before it's official. Well, DJ Durkin, Durkin has been officially announced as DC. So we're going to discuss we're gonna discuss division of responsibilities. On offense, I've said whoever they add, you can call him, you can put a label on him. He can be executive vice president in charge of excellence. It's Hughes' offense, and he's going to be running it and calling the plays and such. I don't know on defense, and I don't necessarily care, but we'd already talked with Dave Bartu a couple of days ago um, because they're all competent. I mean, Charles Kelly's had success at places, and then he's moved on. Uh, DJ Durkin has had success at places. He's been moved on before. Um, just happened again. Hey, yeah, the whole coaching staff, mm, yeah, just about all y'all are gone. So it'll be fine, competent coaching. Um, what will be the division like but who's just who's doing what need to know that so we'll talk with richard silva uh from the montgomery advertiser and um just dig down to what because he's been so dang busy we talked about it the announcement from saving comes down he's like yeah i'll get back to that i'll comment a little while 
Uh, and then we'll stay in the state from on three, Bama Online, Clint Lamb. We'll go across the state and talk about Kalen DeBoer and everything uh, that he has going on right now because I know it's a completed, I know it's a completed offensive staff. I think that defensive staff might be as well. Uh, and then one holdover on each side, Roach and Gillespie. So there's that. All right, I guess this is good news. Ole Miss defensive tackle. Oh, what word did Chuck just leave out? Ole Miss defensive tackle DeSanto Rollins. His lawsuit against Coach Lane Kiffin in the university got dismissed yesterday. Now, everybody loves a home game, and I say that sort of tongue-in-cheek, but, I mean, my gosh, you sued Ole Miss in the Northern District of Mississippi U.S. District Court. Um, it's called backyard. Now, maybe you're required to. I don't know. I would have gone like Delaware or South Dakota, I think is where I would have incorporated there and then sued. But the word that's missing was former. It's supposed to say former Ole Miss defensive tackle. No, he's still listed on the roster. I'm sure it's a clerical or an administrative or just a legality that's about to be resolved, or maybe he'll withdraw. Ole Miss defensive tackle, still on the roster. DeSanto Rollins, he had sued Lane Kiffin and the university alleging that he was going through a mental health crisis and he missed practices and meetings and was kicked off the team as a result of missing those. He said, again, still on the roster. He alleged in his suit that Kiffin intentionally singled him out on account of race and also gender. He said that in the athletic department at Ole Miss, there are female scholarship athletes who have said they needed or are having a mental health crisis, and there were no adverse actions against them for requesting and then taking that break. Um, and he said, I got moved from defensive line to offensive line because he didn't like me. That may be true, but it doesn't. <laughs> Folks, that has, it may be because he didn't like you at defensive tackle. But he sued for $40 million, and the judge said dismissed. So there's always a chance to tweak and polish and re-angle and refile. But uh, it was $40 million, and it was a giant bite at the apple. And the judge has said for that, this, and that was sort of expected, that it was going to be the outcome. But giant bite at the apple, and to this point, uh, unsuccessful. Heath, how was your Thursday? Uh, you know, Chuck, why is it that when people sue, it's always for something like $10 million, $23 No, it was like $843,000.10. Like, it's always a nice round number that features lots and lots of millions attached. I was aggrieved $40 million. It just, I, I, I've always wondered about that. Quickly, uh, the, the EGOT, by the way, that's the uh, Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, Tony. There are 19 people who have gotten them all time. The most recent being uh, Elton John hit the... Uh, hit the number, apparently, by getting an Emmy in the past year. Did I get Rita Moreno right, at least? You did. She was one of the first three to do it, along with uh, Helen Hayes. Until 1991, she was one of the only three. Yeah, and see, she actually, I want to say, this is going to be so bad. She actually earned it. This is even going to be even worse. Unlike Elton John, I I don't know. I think if you just pin something that happens to you, 
It's become easier, obviously, as you said, there were three people until 30 years ago, and now there's like 16 who have jumped on board. It's become easier because of marketing and cross-pollination. That's all I'm going to say in a relative sense. Yeah, just looking at the list, there's a couple of people like, I I mean, Mel Brooks is obviously an incredible talent, but I'm not sure how he won a Grammy. I guess he got one for the producer's soundtrack or something. But anyway, regardless... Uh, him, Whoopi Goldberg, uh, Tim Rice, John Which Legend. Which is different than Rita Moreno dancing across stage in West Side Story or winning an Academy Award for being on screen, etc. That's more the performer than the creator, I guess. But for what it's worth, 19 all-time if you need to know for your uh, trivia night at your local bar. Uh, so with the Jeff Halfley thing, Chuck, I, I, I agree with you. It certainly gets your attention when a sitting coach leaves, a sitting head coach at a power program leaves for a job in the NFL that is not a head coaching job. But I I do think we have to at least acknowledge a couple of things here, which is that, one, Halfley was 22 and 26 in four seasons, so he'd done some good things, but he was certainly perceived as being a hot seat guy last year. If you watch BC, they got to a bowl this year, but, I mean, Chuck, they were taping it together. They're not good. With with, with chewing gum and and guitar strings. It was a smallish-type quarterback who found a little magic in a 12-ounce can. And, I mean, that that little bit of a runaround element, they made it work a little bit, didn't they? Yeah, so I I do think – I think there's a concern, but I guess my thing is I'm going to view it as more of a concern if there's somebody who isn't pretty clearly right on the precipice and at a school where we all know there's no NIL, there's no serious commitment to football there that's going to help them – add talent so this is a guy where i could totally see hey i might not be able to get a job as good as packers dc next year so i'm taking it i'm i I need to see some other guys who aren't quite as obviously needing to get out as this before i i really sound the alarm on that but having said it chuck what is going to be fascinating now is who's willing to take this job because it is so obviously now compared to what it ever historically has been it is the definition of a dead-end head coaching job so it's still a power conference job Who's willing to step up and you, take this job? Because you just had a guy who had sort of cracked the code to a degree, maybe enough, and he said, out, done. I've figured out everything I can. Yeah, and so, again, there's some assistance names being thrown around. We'll see uh, whether they can get anybody who's that group of five type coach that says, hey, it's my one shot at Power 5, I'll take it. I just The, the list of names for this job now is going to be so different than it would have been five years ago, and I'm really curious to see who winds up with it. Yeah, Zach Arnett was on a, essentially a one-year contract. Both sides knew there was an easy out. Um, you wonder if something like that becomes standard. Catch the king of college football no matter where you go. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save, and save and win. Hey everybody, Buck Ballou here, and as a recent customer of Jim Ellis Automotive and a longtime friend of the Vice President, Stacey Ellis, man, I know Jim Ellis Automotive Group takes pride in being a family-owned and operated business. I saw it firsthand. When Stacey's granddad, Jim Ellis, founded the company back in 71, his goal was to treat every customer like family by offering a car-buying experience that was both easy and fully transparent. 
And it worked. 50 years later, Stacy's dad, Jimmy Ellis, grew the organization to become Georgia's largest family-owned and operated automotive group. And today, third-generation family members like Stacy, along with more than 1,700 dedicated team members, are working hard to uphold the values Jim Ellis Automotive was founded on. And that's why Jim Ellis has been around for over 50 years. Enjoy the advantages of buying your next vehicle from a family-owned and operated dealership. Visit JimEllis.com or stop by any of their 20 dealerships located throughout metro atlanta jim ellis automotive where you can always expect the best with a new southern sports today app catch the best college football conversation in the south everywhere with the sst live stream and daily podcast downloaded now at the app store and the google play store now more of the best college football talk in the country it's the chuck oliver show thursday on the chuck oliver show Doing the same thing we do every day here. We talk college football, been doing it for 10 years, nine states and 60 sticks. I appreciate the blessing, folks. Thank you so much. Senior Bowl practice happening down in Mobile. And after practice, a lot of folks pack up and go home. The game actually takes place on Saturday, but it's the practices and it's uh, the up close and the poking and prodding and personal stuff with NFL teams. And they're all there. Um, as is Trey Wallace from Outkick, which is a Fox thing. I want to welcome on right now, Trey. How you doing, man? Chuck, I'm good, buddy. Just um, man, kind of wrapping up Senior Bowl week, and uh, a lot of craziness around college football. We don't we don't get an off season, you know that. No, let's talk about a guy at Mo, in Mobile, and uh, you're not a, a, a scout or a coach, and so if you can break down the footwork if you want to, but just talk the general buzz and reception around Lad McConkey because um, I started watching him middle of like two seasons ago and i was like this is the sec and this kid's running around doing this stuff he's legit there are people who now still are just saying oh this lab mcconkey guy boy he's legit it's uh it's it's funny how uh the process takes place when it comes to lab and and people starting to to notice uh over the last couple seasons but really turning heads down here in mobile and in in his footwork and whatnot has been great him getting out of breaks and whatnot but i but i'll tell you this he's, he's talked with a lot of of nfl teams personnel that that are down here and i think look his draft stock is is kind of only rising and, and this is the first you know big event before we get to the combine and whatnot and pro day but i think his work on the field over the last two years kind of speaks for itself especially what georgia did um in the quarterbacks that they had and, and he's just a special type of player and i think he could be useful in many different ways for you know and i'm not going to sit here and name an nfl team because i don't know which you know type of offense goes on a run but i do think he has helped himself um, especially this week over the last three days, last practices today before the game on Saturday. But I, I thoroughly enjoy watching him. Uh, that kid can take a hit, uh, but he can also get down the field. He's a speedster. And he's going to be useful uh, for an NFL team. General reactions, observations, what you've heard and discussed with others uh, regarding Michael Penix, because I had heard earlier in the week that especially compared to some of the other QBs there, that he was really putting on a nice display. He was, and and I think that his downfield ball uh, has been something that's kind of stood out over the last two or three days here at the Senior Bowl and talking with a couple different NFL scouts and, and, and personnel folks. This is a guy that, you know, he lit it up over the last two years, you know, and, and he did well at Indiana, but 
once he got to Washington, it, it kind of set a different tone about Michael Phoenix. And, and I do think this is a quarterback that, that can do something for a team once he gets a year or two into the system. But but he's also, you know, the type of offense that he's ran uh, at, at Washington, even going back to, to his days at Indiana, I think that's only going to help him. And I know everybody's talking about his hand size and whatnot down at the Senior Bowl, but, but I do think – the way that he's handled things behind the scenes when it comes to interviews, uh, breaking down film with different teams, understanding what the National Football League is looking for in a quarterback. I I think this is only going to help Michael. Uh, I've enjoyed watching him. Um, The the kid can can get himself loose out of the backfield. Um, Dual threat is a term that's used a lot. Uh, around college football and, and even some of the NFL. But I think Michael Pena could sit in the pocket and just pick people off. Um, he's really impressed folks down here, uh, more so with, with things off the field uh, compared to even on the field. All right, let's go outside of Mobile, Alabama, Baton Rouge. And not it'd be like snappy or snarky or anything, but how do you get better by losing Jaden Daniels? Um, Brian Kelly, I look at every category with that program for his couple seasons there, and I'm like, check the box, love everything going on, full faith. You won a national championship with Les Miles and Coach O, you're going to win one with Brian Kelly. And then I was like, you just lost four games with Jaden Daniels. Um, how do they get better without Jaden? I mean, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to figure out. You know, LSU is Brian Kelly, who's gonna be that gunslinger for you. And 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 look, the other thing too is, Jaden Daniels a lot of time was running for his life out of that out of that backfield. And and for them to you know lose four games with with Jaden Daniels as your starting quarterback, um, look, a, lot, a lot of it goes on defense. They had to get in the shootouts with teams, and that's that's understandable. We we saw what LSU put on the field last year and the year before. But I, I, I think that LSU has an opportunity to take the next step. It's just they've got to figure out a way to complement their quarterback. And, and, and I think the wide receivers took a step back this year. I think the running game in particular kind of took a step back this year. And, and, and look, when you have a defense, when you know that you're going to have to go out there and score to keep up with these other teams and you don't have a stacked LSU defense like in years past, it puts more pressure on the offense. So Brian Kelly's got his work cut out for him. You know, and, and, and look, I, I think they could be a playoff team next season, but the expectations of a national championship next year or even the year after, a lot of that's going to do with development. So, I, I you know, I, I don't know if I'm buying or selling right now with LSU, but, man, that defense, that, and, I, and I know they made changes, but, I, again, the personnel yep. on that side of the ball is big it, for me. And uh, nine and three regular season. And remember, Nussmeyer, they won that bowl game. So it was actually 10 and three last year. Trey, let's bounce right. all the way, way out there to Texas A&M. Um, oh. You talk about different profile, different vibe, pulse, all of this from Jimbo when he showed up to Mike Elko. Um, it's a whole different thing out there. Just tell me how you think the transition is going to be from – uh, what it was with Jimbo, quarterbacks, Heisman winner, Jameis, all that stuff coming into where they are now with Mike Elko because it seems they've they've kind of readjusted uh, sort of an immediacy plan for um, where they want to get. They've readjusted because they think they got you know one of their own, and they think that mm-hmm. you know Mike Elko and I and I think he can could turn a program around, and you know it, it's always you know I, I don't like how some of these schools phrase it. Okay, look, this guy because he was a Texas A&M guy, 
he's going to come back and resurrect the program. Well, no, he's got his work cut out for him with Texas and Oklahoma even joining the conference next year. Uh, you look at what the defense did this year. wasn't good. Uh, the offense, goodness gracious, so many mistakes that were made under the Jimbo Fisher era, even bringing in Bobby Petrino. I do think, look, I, I do think Mike Elko can take Texas A&M to the next step. Like I said it before last season, I was like, look, if, if A&M is, is not in playoff contention in the first week of November, you have to make a move on Jimbo Fisher, and you got to figure out how to reset this program. You know, they're, they're doing it when it comes to an athletic director. I do think that's going to help uh, with Ross Bjork. I, I think he's a good athletic director. That's why Ohio State has hired him. But I think they just need to make changes all around in that program. They have put too much stock into Jimbo Fisher and, and what he was trying to accomplish over the last two seasons when, honestly, I, I, I thought they should have cut bait you know, before the 2023 spot. So I do think Mike Elko can come in there. I think he has established himself with a nice coaching staff. Um, but now it's all about, okay, you got to meet expectations. And guess what? Big Bad Texas is joining, and this team looks like it's, it's bound for a national championship potentially next year. So Elko's got his work cut out for him. He's, he's coming from Duke back to College Station, but this time he's the head man. So all the pressure's on him. Wrapping up, Trey Wallace. Again, get him on Twitter, at Trey Wallace underscore, and he's senior college sports writer, Outkick. That's a Fox thing, folks. If you look at Steve Sarkeesian, his out of the gate at UT was uh, fits and starts a little bit, and then, boom, last year, pop season. What do you expect ahead for Brent Venables? Because Texas was a playoff team, and Quinn Ewers and Sark, and we know the name and all that, were all – Texas coming to the league. Oh, yeah, in Oklahoma, too. Um, what is your what's your crystal ball? What do you think's ahead for them this season, next couple of seasons with Brent Venables? Getting better on defense has got to be the main priority for Brent Venables. I mean, I, I know what they can do on offense, but but honestly, it, them coming in right now and, and it's almost it's all they taking the back seat to Texas and joining the conference. I mean, when it comes to conversations about what Oklahoma is right now, I, I do think Venables is the right guy for the job. I just think the turnaround on this thing. It's going to take a little bit longer than, than probably some expected out of Norman. Um, and talking with a couple of folks out there, um, look, they, they you can call whatever you want to call it last season. I think there were times where, you know, Texas just pretty much overwhelmed the national headlines, and they're always going against each other when it comes to recruiting, when it comes to headlines, when it comes to, okay, we're leaving the Big 12, we're joining the SEC, we want an established brand in, in this new era of college football which is key. So, I, look, I, I do think Venables can have success, but they have got to figure out what they want to do on the outside when it comes to wide receivers, how they're going to run this offense against some of these defenses in the Southeastern Conference. And, and look, if they want to spread the ball around like they were trying to do with Dylan Gabriel last season, okay, so be it. But to me, I just feel like right now Oklahoma's walking into a big old mess into the Southeastern Conference, and they better figure it out quick because that schedule – is not pretty for next season. Trey, if you're in Mobile for another lunch or dinner, head to Felix's. That's all I can tell you. I appreciate you <laughs> telling us so much uh, information for being down there yourself. Thank you, man. Yeah, buddy. Have a great day. Thanks, Chuck. All right, Trey Wallace. Again, outkick. Heath, do you have much uh, culinary experience in Mobile? It's fantastic. It's seafood, fantastic. I've already talked about the Mardi Gras environment down there where in addition to beads, you can also get moon pies. Mobile's a fantastic place. Uh, do you have much experience down there eating? I have spent basically zero seconds of my life in Mobile would I be eating. I've driven through on my way to New Orleans a bunch of times, but I've never actually really had cause to stop and spend time in Mobile. 
If you're on your way specifically to New Orleans, and I'm going to say Biloxi's what, about 45 minutes, and then is it like an hour? So you're basically two hours from New Orleans in Mobile. Is that right? Roughly. Yeah, rough, roughly. All right. If you're headed to New Orleans, I understand. Calling card is a plate of food. Um, it's worth stopping, man. And so many good spots there for barbecue, for seafood, for all kinds of stuff. So fantastic. And, and Mobile, when you're there for the Senior Bowl, I mean, not going to drive to uh, New Orleans for every meal. So if you got a lunch or a dinner, man, Felix is out there past the Causeway. is a wonderful, wonderful place to stop. All right. Uh, we will take a quick break. It's hour one on a Thursday, and we'll wrap that up next. Always college football time in the South. Now back to more of the king of college football, Chuck Oliver, on Southern Sports Today. I love my guys at K-State, and I, I have nothing bad to say about them, man. But, I mean, the talent here is unbelievable. And I, I just just being, being around the guys. And the thing that's impressed me the most about, especially the receiver room, is how driven they are and how much they want to work. You know, I don't have to go out there and beg these guys to go catch. I mean, they're already out here catching on the jugs when I come out to throw. Will Howard. Former Kansas State quarterback, now quarterback for the Ohio State Buckeyes, I assume. Julian Sayan is a five-star freshman who was in Tuscaloosa for a few weeks, and he was like, wait a minute, Saban quit. Um, so I want to hear that. David, re-rack that industry term. Um, I want to listen to Will Howard at the beginning of this again because there is, there's, it's almost code, but but let me hear this again. I love my guys at K State, and I, I have nothing bad to say about them, man. But I mean, the All talent right, here enough. is unbelievable. Heath, after the salutations and the preamble, comma, but like nothing against you know Kansas State, but. I'm throwing to an NFL receiver core. That's that's that was the butt there when he said, "Hey, nothing about my guys back there." While I'm now the starting quarterback, we assume for Ryan Day in Ohio State. Sign me up. I will jog my memory. The long trip that it is. Uh, I'm trying to think of Kansas State wide receivers in the draft. Tyler Lockett, does that come to mind? That would be probably the most prominent recent one, yeah. I'm trying to remember who else. Jordy Nelson. I actually saw him play a game. Um, Specifically, not players, wide receivers. Heath, uh, gosh, Heath has Ohio State wide receivers in the NFL. All right, Heath, go. No, see, we don't have enough time left in today's program. Like, he just said it. Now, I could Google my computer, and I know I'm missing somebody. I don't know who that is, though. And here's the thing. I'm not talking tax law or election history. College football is kind of what I do, and I could come up with two. College football is kind of what Heath does. He could come up with two. There's there's exactly one that you've missed since 2008, and that would be Chris Harper was fourth round pick by the Seahawks. Spent a little time in the league, but other than Chris Harper, 
Uh, that's that's it for drafted wide receivers. I, Jordy Lockett was, uh, or uh, Jordy Nelson was 2008, Stein. and Lockett was uh, 2015, and that's it for drafted receivers from K-State since 2008. And drafted left tackles and the drafted running game to get the safety off your back. All, all of that matters. You know what matters even more? When literally nothing is working against Michigan except Marvin Harrison going, open, send it. It was like a run out in a basketball game. They snapped the ball. Marvin Harrison's like, here I am. He's just, they're just different. And so this guy has one more year left, and it's time to ball out. Has he been good to this point? He's been better than good. He's been a little rough and tumble, too. He can run the ball, but um, he has a chance to max out. Have y'all seen him? He is this big, giant, huge, good-looking, like, NFL. Do y'all remember NFL quarterback? And I'm going to outdate some people. Neil O'Donnell. First time I – remember a guy named Scott Mitchell? The first time I met a lot of NFL quarterbacks, I met Vinny Testaverde, and I was looking – I'm a legit 6'4", and I'm like, this guy, his shoulders, he's huge, his hands. NFL quarterback is not – like Doug Flutie, that's not like it's just not what it is. It's not Chase Daniel. Will Howard is six five two forty five, and now he has Ryan Day, and his first four receivers are a Seahawk, a Charger, a Cowboy, and a Jet. In a year or two or three, according to their tax forms, so I don't know. Throw into the graduate student who's working on his masters in philosophy that's great um throw into a new orleans saint who they took with a 33rd overall pick that's even better hey how's your thursday well it's better than uh, marcus castro walker's chuck and if you're saying oh well of course marcus castro walker sure uh that would be someone who joined florida as their director of player engagement and nil back in 2021 and according to the folks at uh, Swamp 247, specifically Graham Hall, who, of course, been on the show plenty, yeah. uh, Graham reporting that he is gone at Florida, that that's been confirmed by the school. And uh, as Graham notes in his piece, uh, a day after it was reported that the UF football program was under investigation by the NCAA, the Athletic had reported that Castro Walker was the focus of the NCAA's investigation into the uh, Jaden Rashada saga. And uh, now Castro Walker is gone now one plus one does not automatically no, add up to but. two chuck but it, it does seem like the timing on that all coming within a 10-day window would appear to indicate there might be a connection there. when it comes to big giant off-season headlines do you think billy napier he just wants to play for the tie at this point right <laughs> am i like he doesn't need any over the top huge he just wants to like leave me alone and i'll see you in august yeah, it's um, at this point, yeah, I would imagine that they, they want that to go away as quickly as possible. Also, by the way, Chuck, in, in the category of somebody who keeps making headlines here, uh, Chris Rock famously said a man is as faithful as his options. Yeah. Liam Cohen appears to believe in that concept at a very high level because just earlier in the week, there had been a whole thing about how you know he and Stoops, after he tried to get the Bears job, tried to get the Ohio State offensive coordinator job, he and Stoops have kind of gotten on the same page and all, you know, fired up to be here in Kentucky for another year and all that. Uh, he, according to the Tampa Bay Times, is now interviewed for the Tampa Bay offensive coordinator job. 
there's nothing wrong with wanting an NFL coordinator job. But there's also a time where at some point, if you keep stepping out for every single opportunity that even remotely presents itself, you start to lose your effectiveness where you are. And I got to believe for any kid that they're recruiting at Kentucky to say, oh, you're going to play for this guy who's an NFL-level offensive coordinator in this great system, it starts to lose its effectiveness at some point here, right? I mean, I, I just I don't understand the the philosophy of of keeping interviewing. You took your swings. Maybe it's time to go ahead and, and, and step back and, and take your swings next year on that. Also, one more nugget from the personnel ranks. Uh, Lane Kiffin making some news today. Billy Glasscock is being hired as the general manager for Ole Miss. He's been with Sarkeesian as the player personnel guy for the last three years at Texas and uh, also had worked at NC State and Minnesota. So Replaces the guy that went to Baton Rouge, went back to Baton Rouge. Yeah, so you've got the, the, the shuffle continues. But I will say, Chuck, to take a guy off the staff at Texas, that does get your attention a little bit because you know no one's leaving Texas uh, just over dollars. You, you're not going to out-wallet Bevo for a guy. So, so you must have had a persuasive case to make that you could do something for him that makes him uh, rise up further in the profession. So at least interesting that uh, as Texas comes into the SEC, they're losing a piece of their personnel department, Tulane and company. Yeah, and not even because Tulane, excuse me, Texas to uh, Ole Miss, obviously the stature of the programs is different, but it's not even that, hey, I'm in the SEC now. No, you were going to be in the SEC as of, what is it, uh, even like four months from now, July 1st, you're in the SEC. Yeah, I, so it's it's interesting. As I say maybe maybe there's other ties. I don't know anything about his background. You know, does he have a reason to want to be closer to Oxford than Austin or something like that? Or hey, uh, cheaper real estate costs, less traffic. I don't know, but it, it is interesting to me that they were able to uh, grab him there out of the uh, out of the assemblage there in Austin, and uh, the personnel moves just keep on coming. Who knows? Billy Napier, it sounds like, is going to need to go find a guy, so maybe uh, he can go try and grab somebody somewhere else and get some headlines that are the kind you're talking about. And he could use them because at some point, this is the even tougher part, at some point the games begin. I think last year Billy Napier was the number one coach in the offseason. Just like, let's get to the season and play the game. This year, I don't know. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save, and save and win. Hey everybody, Buck Ballou here, and as a recent customer of Jim Ellis Automotive and a longtime friend of the Vice President, Stacey Ellis, man, I know Jim Ellis Automotive Group takes pride in being a family-owned and operated business. I saw it firsthand. When Stacey's granddad, Jim Ellis, founded the company back in 71, his goal was to treat every customer like family by offering a car buying experience that was both easy and fully transparent. And it worked. 50 years later, Stacy's dad, Jimmy Ellis, grew the organization to become Georgia's largest 
largest family-owned and operated automotive group. And today, third-generation family members like Stacy, along with more than 1,700 dedicated team members, are working hard to uphold the values Jim Ellis Automotive was founded on. And that's why Jim Ellis has been around for over 50 years. Enjoy the advantages of buying your next vehicle from a family-owned and operated dealership. Visit JimEllis.com or stop by any of their 20 dealerships located throughout Metro Atlanta. Jim Ellis Automotive, where you can always expect the best. This morning in the Atlanta airport, no one's missing a meal on Mac Wilburn's watch. With 11 restaurants to serve passengers, he's got dining for every destination. And it all started when Mac talked with First Horizon Bank about opening a franchise in the airport. Now it's open for business and cleared for takeoff. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Mac. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. 